Good morning. My name is Jay Rosenthal, and I'm the Managing Director of Business of Cannabis. Welcome to the Cannabis Daily Show for Thursday, April 7th, 2022. Since 2017, we've highlighted the companies, brands, people, and trends driving the cannabis industry. We'd like to do that here every day. As always, we'd love to hear from you in the comments, and feel free to visit us at businessofcannabis.com, as well as through all of our social channels, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you are watching this on YouTube, please smash the subscribe button. Following the rundown of today's top cannabis news and industry insights, we'll be joined by Dan Muller. He is the CEO of AeroPay to talk fintech and compliance in cannabis. Some notes. The European Cannabis Report, the seventh edition, is available for download. Information on that is in the description below. Check it out from our friends at Prohibition Partners. Then, in September, we'll be in New York for Business of Cannabis New York for two days. There's more information on that below, including speakers, sponsors, where to go to find out more. For today's stories, waiting for 420 in the U.S. Senate, shutting down a CBD beverage factory, New Mexico to the moon, and what is going on in the U.K. For our first story, the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act, which is sponsored by Senators Booker and Wyden and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, would be ready before the end of April this according to High Times. Now, the act would decriminalize cannabis at the federal level, give states powers to decide whether or not to legalize, expunge the records for nonviolent cannabis-related crime, and support programs for communities impacted by the war on drugs with tax revenue. This is from Cory Booker. I don't mean this to be fully unjust, but there's been a lot of conversation about doing it on 420. Aspirationally, I would love to see it done on 420, but I can't speak to that given all the things that are sort of backing up in the Senate. That's with Cory Booker. For our second story, Labatt is shuttering a Canadian CBD drinks unit. More evidence that cannabis drinks are a tougher sell than many previously believed. Labatt Breweries has shut down Fluent Beverages, its Canadian CBD beverage unit, this in a story from MJ Biz. Three months ago, licensed producer Tilray, which reportedly uh, 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 reported a $52-plus million profit yesterday, and beer giant AB InBev ended its partnership, which left Fluent with Labatt. Now, the CEO of Fluent declined to share the reasons behind the closure, but did say this. We want to thank our employees, partners, and customers for their support over the past three years and helping us build one of the top CBD beverage portfolios in Canada. For our third story, New Mexico gets off to a very strong start. In its first weekend of adult use sales in New Mexico, sales exceeded $4.5 million U.S. dollars, this according to KOAT. The top three selling cities after Albuquerque and Santa Fe are all located close to the Texas border, where adult-use cannabis is illegal. Now, out-of-state residents can also apply to open a cannabis store in the state. This in a story on Fox. We're not going to be turning away any investments into our state. This from Victor Reyes, the uh, deputy superintendent of the New Mexico Cannabis Regulation and Licensing Department. So get your New Mexico licenses ready. For our fourth story, the UK has a backward, stigmatizing, and racist approach to cannabis, this according to Voltface Katja Kowalski. After a 15-year-old girl was strip-searched for cannabis by London's Metropolitan Police, drug policy research and head of operations at Voltface Katja Kowalski weighed in on the wrong-headed attitudes that are holding up reform in the UK in a Q&A with BusinessCan. Now, Voltface is a think tank aimed at reducing harm with drugs, and it was commissioned by the City of London to help inform Mayor Sadiq Khan's plot, uh, pilot project to divert people under the age of 25 caught in possession of cannabis away from the criminal justice system. The incident with the teenager shows, quote, there's that, still, there, that there's still a persisting, backward, stigmatizing, and racist approach to cannabis in the UK. 
Those are the stories we're watching today. Join 12,000 others and catch all of these stories in your inbox every day at 7 a.m. Eastern with our Cannabis Daily Newsletter. Coming up on our BFC Live segment, we connect with Dan Muller. He is the CEO of AeroPay to talk about his fintech's application to the cannabis sector, including the unique banking and compliance components of cannabis. This is Dan Muller. Dan, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm not sure other sectors have this conversation as much as cannabis does, but uh, it comes up all the time. And that is about banking payments, the challenges of those things in cannabis, specifically in the States. Is that what keeps you up at night or makes you excited about what you do? Yeah, I think I think it definitely excited uh, to your point, you know, financial services in in the cannabis industry has been such a touchy subject. And I think so many people have tried to solve it with solutions that are either in a gray area or workarounds. You know, I think finally we're seeing solutions come to the forefront that are not only the right way of doing it, but potentially the better way of doing it going forward, even in kind of non-highly regulated industries, which we are really excited about. Um, and we'll touch on kind of our history and how we got into it, but you know that's been our vision all along. And we think an industry like cannabis is the perfect industry to kind of create that standard. Yeah, that's interesting. So tell us. So now we'll get to the. Uh, t- tell us <laughs> about the sort of uh, the startup and the story, and then sort of how how and why cannabis sort of as part of that. Yeah, sure. So simple background on me. So you know I come from a product and engineering. Um, background, worked in kind of different retail tech solutions. So, you know, mobile applications, e-commerce, point of sale. So in kind of large enterprise retail. Um, Did that for about seven years. Um, The company I worked for sold to a large bank. So it was exposed to all things fintech, financial services, and then founded AeroPay really just on the basis of, wow, all of that is really, really complicated. And there has to be a way easier kind of method of moving money. Um, This can't be the way kind of we do it long-term. And so that's really the thesis around AeroPay, right? It's a simple bank transfer that a customer kind of pays a business with, right? So it's a bank to bank account to account transfer. Um, You know, it's more affordable, it moves quickly and there's a lot less risk and security issues because it's all software, right? There's no paper, there's no plastic, There's no routing account numbers flying everywhere. Um, So it's really simple. And, you know, when we founded the company, really started to think about the right verticals and industries that sort of this would take with, given the noisy kind of nature of payments and financial services. And cannabis always started coming up over and over and over again um, as a really good fit, given the lack of, you know, compliance services in the space already. Um, And so, you know, we started working hard on finding the right kind of bank sponsorships um, to do this. And then we were introduced to Safe Harbor Financial through a regulator, which was pretty unique, given the fact that we're now entering providing services through a state regulator and then finding our bank sponsor, which, you know, the rest is history after that. But um, we're really excited about kind of our entrance and, you know, our growth in the market. 
Yeah, and 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 uh, coming from other, you know, and you're talking about enterprise retail, like other sectors. Um, is it the regulatory burden? Is it the nature of the product? Is it the nature of the, you know, the early days of this industry that make it more complicated? Or is it some level of all of those things um, and other things too, like relatively new entrants, certainly on the retail side, or, you know, or people transitioning from legacy to legal, like all those things, I would, I would imagine add layers of complication sort of in the, in the finance space. Yeah, the, exactly. So there are rules for how to do things, whether it's plant touching, non-plant touching, ancillary tech or financial services. And I think the key is, you know, historically, you know, were those rules really available or, or public to service providers? And, you know, looking forward, how do you, you know, be the best at following those rules and then creating technology that optimizes on those rules, right? So we're told by state governments, even federal, federal government to a certain extent, you know, how to do these things. So instead of just following them to the bare minimum, let's flip that around and say, let's get the best of these rules and build software that does it really well. And there's some unique providers out there that are doing this on the you know, KYC, know your customer side, on the anti-money laundering side, on the pure money movement side. And we work with all of them. In some cases, we're the direct service provider for, for those solutions. So that's really the key, right? Is before, I think it was either, hey, we don't know how to do it or we're shying away from it. And now it's, instead of shying away from it, let's make this the priority. And that's really how we've gone to market saying, compliance is not an afterthought. It's the first and best thing we do. Um, I'm going to, I like pretending I'm like Michael Scott, like talk to me like I'm an eight-year-old. Um, talk to me about exactly sort of where you come into that, that equation or those transactions. Like talk to me about where Aeropay is in, in that realm. Sure, sure. So, you know, we do everything from simple in-store QR code payments, right? So you just walk into the store, link your bank account, and then choose an amount to pay. And then the money transfers directly from your account as the consumer to the business account, right? And there's no third party in between like a card gateway that's processing the money movement, right? We're the technology firm. And then the bank that we work with moves the funds from A to B. So it's, it's, it's literally as simple as that. Mm -hmm. And we also have e-commerce solutions. So if you're, you know, online shopping on a menu, you know, you choose your product, you add it to cart, you're in checkout. And instead of, you know, in non-cannabis, you would add a card, you just link your bank account, confirm the amount you pay. And then the nice part is you just walk to the dispensary or go to the drive to the dispensary and pick up your product once it's confirmed. So it's a true kind of, you know, what in, re in enterprise retail omni-channel experience the consumer can now shop wherever they are and wherever they prefer. Delivery is similar, except now it's coming to you and right. you don't have to go out and grab cash. You can do nothing. You don't have to do anything. It's the best. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. I, I'm based in Toronto and you can get anything delivered uh, pretty fast now too. Um, so so I, I wonder um, as we sort of think about and talk about, I mean, honestly, every day, sort of conversations happening in Washington, right? So as you know, whether it's safe banking or the more act or the one that starts at the C um, that's in the Senate. Um, like, like, does that change things as you look at the future? Because or because you've come at it with this strategy of 
compliance first and like being not only like bare minimum, but actually using the regulations as sort of the, the, the advantage you guys have, like, is that those things, um, obviously keep you up at night because things are growing so rapidly, but, but also excite you because as things change, you have this position to sort of grow and change with them. Exactly. You know, so looking at all the moving parts and different conversations, you know, obviously we're, we're following that closely, but you got to look at it, you know, step back from cannabis and say, okay, you know, there's a lot of highly regulated industries, right? And they all have those rules to play by. And so if you're not one of the major sort of card providers or payment solutions that, you know, don't have rules by which to follow in those highly re regulated industries, we now be can become a de facto solution in any sort of alternative vertical or industry. So even with a move toward federal legalization, there's still going to be those rules by which to play by, um, whether it's a state or federal level, not to mention, you know, an entire market that's not really quantified from a risk perspective, right? Because those incumbent providers like card networks don't really know what it means from, from a risk perspective, right? So now we can still keep our costs low for the business, the experience really good for the consumer. And we've been providing services compliantly to the space for a really long time. So assuming other incumbents come in, we still have that advantage and we're not afraid. We always have said, hey, Aeropay can be a complementary solution to things that currently exist. And you know, we're trying to focus in on that risk model and say, hey, is there a world where we never charge the business for a failed payment, right? Which in the card world is non-existent, even outside cannabis. Mm -hmm. If we get really good at our job, then maybe we can set the standard from cannabis out into other industries saying, cannabis is moving money better than any other industry. Let's do it the way cannabis does it. Um, so that's really our focus all along. And hopefully, you know, the regulatory discussions sort of align with that. Yeah. Dan, I really, I really appreciate your time because I'm super keen on this part of it because I think um, there are unique things to cannabis like, like what we're talking about that have, I mean, you looked at the vertical and said they need our services, this type of vertical. Now it's like this type of vertical could be the standard as you're saying to like, exactly. what is next and whether it's about privacy or regulation or secure transactions or transactions outside of the, what we're sort of generally thinking about because it's more seamless, because it's faster, it's more secure, it's, it's less expensive for the retailer and the consumer, all those things. I think we often talk about the benefit of the cannabis plant, but I also think there's something about the benefit of the doing business a little bit differently than has been done in the past on all levels. And so kudos to you and the team. And we look forward to sort of following the ride and connecting with you guys soon. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Exactly. You know, I think hopefully we'll, I've, I've kind of always said, I think the cannabis industry attracts people that are really interested in solving hard problems. <laughs> and, you know, uh, those problems extend from, you know, cultivation to e-commerce, ancillary tech, payments, banking. Um, and so I've met some of the smartest people I've ever worked with in the space and just excited to continue to collaborate with them. And, well, I love uh, it. We, we, lo we love the story. We'll continue to follow up with you. And thanks for making time. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate the time. Great you speaking with you. Thanks, Dan. 
That was episode 63 of the Cannabis Daily Show. Thank you for joining us here on YouTube or wherever you caught the program. Please do subscribe and we will see you tomorrow, which is Friday.